0: On this week's episode of the Games Beat Decides podcast, we have Resident Evil 2, Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition, and EA is rebooting Star Wars once again. Join us right now for a half hour of power. It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Game Speed Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything that's happening in the world of video games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb, and with me is... Mike Benotti. In today's episode, we're going to go over some news. We have some games. Uh, not as much news or games as last week. Uh, I think we got a, a week where we're just actually playing stuff that for review and other things are happening. Um, and the news took a break after the wild, wild week that was... It's crazy. The the previous podcast. Uh, first, I want to thank everybody for joining us. You can get more from me and Mike at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with the podcast, you can email us at at venturebeat.com um, If you're listening to this on the website, you can get the uh, audio version as a subscription on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. If you like the show, rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find it. it helps It uh, helps discovery, Discoverability. Uh, discoverability. And, uh, discoverability. Uh, and then finally, thank you to Carlos Ien, who is insane in the rain music on YouTube. Thank you for the use of our th- or of our theme song. Excuse me, um, Mike. Why don't we just hop into what you've been playing? Why don't okay. we just go right to it? What have you been playing?
1: I've been playing Tales of Vesperia, the definitive edition. Ooh, for Switch, yeah.
0: So this is the one. Okay, so which game? It was Tales of Sin- Symphonia that was on GameCube, right?
1: Yes. And this is like a few, this is like the first one of the 360 era, I think. Right. Yeah. And um, this is, uh, so I think like, you know, like a lot, I think like the European version or some version came out after the North American release that had more thingies in it. And we never got that one. So this is that plus like some visual improvements.
0: Okay. But, yeah, it's, I never
1: played this back in the day or anything. So
0: Well, how are you finding it now? I know you it's were fun. saying you were saying like you were surprised you didn't play as many uh JRPGs as you thought you were going to in 2018. Now right, January so 2019 mission. we're here. Yeah, so so how's it treating you?
1: It's good. It's uh it's pretty. I mean, you know, the Tales games are are cool because the basic kind of like it it's still like very much you you're on a field map and you find monsters and you get into like battles with them. But the actual fights are much more kind of action-based than a normal game. You, you're running around and, like, you know, pushing a button to attack people. And, like, your spe- you, know, you have, like, another button's, like, special abilities and stuff like that. It's not, like, as much like an action RPG as, say, a Kingdom Hearts. But it's it's certainly not a Final Fantasy either.
0: Fair enough. Um, is this something... You're you're playing it on Switch. If you didn't have it on Switch, would you maybe not be playing it as well? I much? would not or be playing
1: it if it was not on Switch. It being on Switch was definitely, like, well... I was like, you know, I like Tales back in the day. I haven't played one of these in a while, and it's on Switch, so it's going to be real convenient to play this. So, I'll do that.
0: Right, and it, it like feels like it's um, like there is that gap that there are some of these kinds of games that you will play like on PC. Like I know you like those uh, Trails in the Sky games. Is that what those are?
1: Right. Well, and even those, honestly, I played on Vita. Like almost. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what. It, if it's not like the newest, biggest Final Fantasy. I'm pretty much at this point where like, you know what? You better be on some kind of a portable device if you really want me to play you.
0: Yeah. And they're just – they're so time-consuming that it's like even if like you could have exclusive use of the TV whenever you want, you still like have other stuff to do. You like want to get ready for bed and then maybe play for an hour. It's – yeah. It's just so convenient.
1: Exactly. Um
0: are you, are you, are you going to stick with it? Or are you going to see it through? So yeah, I'm going to be like playing like it a bit. 80 hours mean, or anything like that?
1: It's all, I mean, Symphonia, I don't recall being that long. I, I feel like this should be a, kind of a 30-hour JRPG. Uh, but we'll see. It, it, you know it's it's fun. It's definitely, and I don't know if you want to call it a downside of this series, but this series is very anime, even for JRPG stickers. Right. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, there's that. I, um, I feel like a couple years ago, that alone would have deterred me. But my tolerance for anime things has, has slightly gone up a bit, so I, I can handle it now.
0: Very good. It, it's um it's definitely something I think that when it was coming out on, on a Game, GameCube Cube, it was definitely trying to play up that aspect of it. Like this is uh you know, it's got like anime cutscenes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah so it's like
1: the art is very anime, there's the cell shading, so it like always kind of looks anime. Even like the writing kind of reminds you of like watching some kind of, you know, Toonami show when you were a kid or something.
0: Right right for sure. Um I have been thinking about playing Final Fantasy uh 15. I, I I have it on PC. I've been meaning just like ah, I should just start this game for real and actually play it. But I don't know. I I, I don't know. I just every time I try one I, I always bounce off, so I like I, those, I like that game. I know. I, I a mean, lot of people I, seem to really like it.
1: So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to know if like if you're not a Final Fantasy fan if you're going to like it cuz like maybe you will cuz it is pretty different. Right. But also because it's different I, like I don't know what you'll think of it. Right.
0: Well, what I have been playing is uh that Resident Evil 2 one-shot demo. Uh the 30 minutes uh 30 minute long thing where it's like you get to play it for one time. Um and uh, the game seemed like, seems like it's pretty good. Seems pretty good. I uh I, I played it on PC. It looks really nice. It has HDR. Um so all the upgraded visuals are really really they're as sharp as you would expect from a modern game. All that stuff is really nice. Um, But, you know, it's still, it also, it feels simultaneously modern and classic in the way it actually plays. Um, It, you know, you're moving around and the movement is maybe a little bit of that, like sludgy feeling of like moving with a D pad and trying to get the character to go in your direction, but you're still like, it is direct control. They are going exactly where you want. Uh, If you turn the camera around and, you know, to face the character, and then you press down on the, you know, if you press the S key on the keyboard, the character will, will run toward you and stuff like that. So that, that's nice to be able to control it like that. Um, and then, you know, the shooting is fine, and all, all, all that stuff. And then you're still going around and you're collecting these various puzzle pieces that you're putting into statues and stuff like that. It's funny how finding- like,
1: much they went away from that because it seems stale. Right. And now that aspect alone seems kind of fresh and fun now. Yeah, I it definitely like feels charming now. again.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like they're and they're in there it doesn't seem like they're gonna just be like like gonna overdo it. I feel I feel like it seems like they've spread out those kinds of things throughout the map and have the right amount and it's like, you know, you're not Constantly going to be solving a million puzzles at once. You might get to that point later in the game, but at least early on, it was you. You know, you have a handful of these things that you know where the statues are, and you have to go f- figure them out at some point. But in between there, you're still dealing with a lot of zombies, and it's a lot of fun action. And you're running out of ammo, and it's very stressful, and all this stuff. And I've been, I've been digging what what has been there. So, uh, yeah, very excited. We'll talk about that more next week. Um, and then the other thing, I I've been playing eco again. This is that, uh, my, my game of the year from last year. It's the one that we've been, uh, that I was, um, it was the one I played in like February and March. It might've been actually January. Uh, and it was that game where the meteors gonna come destroy the planet and you have to work together with your friends and stuff to to you know build up enough technology to destroy it. Uh, well, we're gonna do a big game of that starting on january twenty third, um, which if anyone wants in on that, let me know. Uh, we're kind it's You've gonna been it's recruiting a, a my community. friends
1: to it behind my back.
0: Yeah, I well, I'm I mean, hey. Hey, AJ came to ask me to be fair, and then I'm like, hey, Yeah, hey, you guys want my to play? My friend Day was like, I see he's
1: playing Echo, he's talking about Echo. I'm like, That's so random that you're playing Echo. Like, the one person I know no plays against my friend Jeff's like, Yeah, he told me to play it. I was like, Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, so he's, he, yeah, he's gonna be in there. Uh, it's gonna be fun, yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this big game. It seems like we're gonna have like 50 or 60 people, uh, so that means we could set it to the highest difficulty, which means, um, your specialization skills become very expensive after like the first two tiers. So if you want to like, you only get so many skill points per day. And if you want to get a different specialization than the one you've already done, it exponentially increases the price for that. So if you are like good at smelting, if you're a Smith, uh, you can't then suddenly just become a lumber worker. It, it'll take a lot more effort to get to that, like to the same level of expertise. So what's going to happen is you're going to really have to work within your specialty and then work with other people who have different specialities so that you can all kind of make one thing that requires all like this group effort. Um, and that's not something that we've really, you know, when I've played it before and we're doing a practice game right now, we've definitely had the difficulty set pretty low. So that's not always necessary. A lot of people are just kind of out on their own doing their own thing. Uh, but the game is very much about cooperation. And I want to kind of see that aspect of it. So I'm looking forward to it. I think there's a chance even with all these people we could still fail. So oh, no. um, fail to destroy the meteor. So, yeah, I very not. much looking forward to that. It's, it's one of those games where it's like oh yeah someone has a test server going up just to like so people can learn the tutorial and, and stuff before the real game starts and I hopped in there and I just just kind of couldn't stop playing so I got to a point where I built the mint which was kind of my goal I wanted to see what it took to uh, takes to build a mint uh, so I could mint my own currency and then I, you
1: again if your are grub bucks yeah you're yeah, already planning books. for it it's all you care about.
0: <laughs> well, I, I didn't build the mint last time. I had to convince the person who did to do what I wanted. So I wanted to have full control this time. So it's very different. Um, I, I, So I got to my goal and I'm like, you know what? I need to just step away. So I just like, I like put my property into a, a real estate store that someone had just built and just sold all my stuff as my capitalist sends. And someone bought it for like $1. And then I was free from the game because all my stuff was gone. So. So yeah, very much looking forward to getting to that for real. Uh, January 23rd, a bunch of people will be streaming it on Twitch and YouTube and stuff. I put a post up on gamesbeat.com. If you're interested in playing, you should you know let me know. Uh, but if you're just kind of curious about what, the, what all this is, I try to explain it in there. And then there are streams where you'll, where you'll be able to check in and kind of see the game in action. And hopefully kind of hear the conversations that come up when people have to make decisions about which way the world should go as a society, which is always kind of the most interesting part of this game. Um, that's gonna do it for kind of what we've been playing though. Like I said, so we're kinda in between week. We'll have some reviews coming up uh that we could talk about next week. Uh so in the meantime, I think what we should probably do is get to the news. All right, Mike. I think we have uh we have about six stories, five and a half. We'll see how it goes. Let's um it. Yeah, so first up, EA is rebooting that Star Wars game. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, so this is um
1: The reboot of the reboot.
0: Yeah, the rebooting the reboot. That's right. So this came out. Uh, Jason Schreier, K- Kotaku uh, reporting that EA canceled the Star Wars, the open world Star Wars games. I think EA Montreal was working on. I think, um, and that the EA Montreal picked that up from Visceral, who was working on Ragtag, which I think is how it went. Um, and Ragtag and was, was like sort the, of the,
1: that was the Amy yes. Hennig
0: like kind Star Wars and charted charted kind of game, one, yeah. right? So it sounds like what happened here. And this is like, I've been able to kind of get my ear and kind of figure this out too. Uh, they, the open world game was going to take way too long uh, to make. So what they're doing now is they are reducing the scope. They're going to make something for fall of 2020 and they are basically kind of starting now, but it's going to be such a, a more like a, such a more contained uh, experience that they feel like they'll have plenty of time to like get to, get to a point where they can release something in that time frame. Um, but the, I, from what I understand is they don't really even, when, when this news broke, it sounds like they didn't even really know, like that was like, what was going to be coming. Um, they don't really have an exact plan. They just know they're reducing the scope. And I think it like the plan is go back to the drawing board and, and like, let's get something figured out very so quickly.
1: It's, wouldn't it be funny if their smaller scale game is like an Uncharted type game? Like Right. It, it exactly.
0: Like, like isn't like, that po- like, it feels like that's possible next. Like what, like, what can you build? They're like, like, we have to kill this months. game.
1: It's not like. An open world game. Oh, we can't make an open world game. That would take too long. Like,
0: right. Exactly. Minutes. Yeah. And and so a lot of people have been speculating that's like oh um oh Disney and Lucasfilm must be so mad at them EA is so ir- ir- incompetent irresponsible and from what I understand uh, Lucasfilm was kind of involved with this decision from the beginning like Lucasfilm was right there saying oh yeah we want something in fall 2020 as well you guys should definitely focus on that instead if you can we're right there with you so it's like. I, don't, I, I think a lot of people want to be like, oh, this is going to be one of the catalysts that like breaks this deal between Disney and EA, and I just don't think that's the well, case. Like, but, i mean, not saying still, that the, the relationship is strong or anything, but this is this is not a part of it. I that. mean, I, yeah, I,
1: I don't know if the deal's going to break, but when this deal ends, which I think is 2023, I, I would be surprised if they just, like, we're re-upping with EA.
0: Yeah, I would be uh, surprised if EA even wanted to re-up, honestly, I mean... Yeah. Because it's, like... The people that put this deal together, like I guess, aren't at EA anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just I don't know. Um and, and and it does seem like the kind of thing where um you know Lucasfilm's gotta be looking over at Marvel once again and saying, Oh, they're figuring out their game stuff and they're just working with partners directly and it's working out just fine for them. Um that Spider Man game worked out real well. We should have something like that. So and you know, that Titanfall game or the Titan, the respawn game. Um, is still coming. Fallen Order still going to come out later this year. So if that's, you know, if that's really really good, um, if that's like one of the best Star Wars games ever, like a lot of this stuff's going to get forgotten and things could change. The narrative could change really quick. And if if they follow that up, you know, with something good, like if this game, little game is good and it, you know it's a contained experience and people are really happy with it, again, that could change stuff. And then it's like maybe they really should start considering stuff like Knights of the old Republic three. Like, why isn't that just happening? Why not just do that game? Um, and it's like, if they maybe realize that that would be a good idea, maybe a good game to sort of finish out this, this contract with, uh, yeah, like that, like maybe they would, would up. Maybe Disney would want to come back. There's still time to turn it around. Basically. Um, that said uh, another, uh, I think it's is a tweet from Jason. He said, uh, Bioware has tried to make code three happen, uh, more than once. Which I, I'm, I'm sure they have because who wouldn't want to work on that game if you're at Bioware?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the whole thing's weird. I, I mean it, it's, it's so weird to me because it seems like you know like everything else with Star Wars is full force, like all the movies, all the comics, um, the theme park stuff. And the gaming thing is just this weird like kind of lag behind, slow, they're not sure what's happening. mean, it, it's weird to contrast that with the sort of late 90s, early 2000s where there were a lot of Star Wars games coming out. Like, it seemed to me to kind of be this golden era Star Wars game. I know I, I saw uh, Cat Bailey from US Gamer just kind of write about how, like, some people think of that more fondly than it was. But, I, I, like, I, I'm sure that's true in a deg- in a way. But I almost, like, didn't even mind that we got bad Star Wars games, too. I kind of like that they're just, like, all these Star Wars games coming out. Sometimes they were good. Sometimes maybe they weren't. But even, like, the failures were sometimes, like, funny or interesting, I th- you know, yeah, they weren't forgettable, what we were have they?
0: Now. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't forgettable. I feel like there's. No, um, I remember.
1: I, I remember Bounty
0: Hunter. You know. Right. Yeah. I lo- I I like Bounty Hunter quite a bit. Like you're right. The Bounty Hunter is one of those games where it's like, okay, if you strip like the the you know the Boba Fett armor from Django Fett here, and you turn this into a generic game, sure. I see. I see what you're saying. It's not. It's not great. But it, I remember it. I like it. Because it's a, the Star Wars aesthetic, it kind of nailed it. It does some really cool stuff. Uh, and it's interesting. And I'm, I'm going to, it's going to stick in my mind, like, where other games aren't. And it seems like a lot of licensed games, like, there's not a ton anymore. Uh, but the ones that come out are just so, so throwaway and so forgettable um, that it's like, yeah, I, I kind of do think that period was just, like, overall better. Um, even if maybe if you take the average like on average the games were about as good or maybe worse in some cases Uh, but like you know the highs were really high and then the lows were at least kind of uh, fun in, in an interesting way like you said
1: yeah the lows um, didn't bother me
0: right exactly and you know we were we were younger maybe that's part of it and I, i'm sure like i'm sure you go to explain this to ea and they're like yeah we get it but like games are way more expensive now we have to take these these big bets and it's like okay well then maybe you, maybe that what you're saying there is you shouldn't have the exclusive star wars license actually maybe there cuz there are other developers out there right. that could do stuff on a smaller scale and and be just fine and you know maybe disney doesn't want these sort of like these sort of you know double a games or whatever these these or they don't want indie studios coming in there and just kind of like not away at star Wars with these small little projects and everything has to be Canon now. So it's like, yeah. Disney doesn't want to work with like 15 different partners. I'm sure that's the case, but still there's got to be a middle ground between what's happening now and what could, what could happen and what did happen in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I do, I do think that that's that fall game, the, the fallen Jedi, uh, when it comes out in the fall is going to be pretty good. It does sound like it's shaping up like where sure. people that in EA are like really excited about it. Uh and maybe it'll be a good time to revisit this, all this this whole conversation then once we've played that game. Um next up, uh Valve's artifact has hit a new player low. It has lost seventy or ninety seven percent of its players uh in under a month.
1: So or in what? under
0: two months, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Now this is according to Steam charts, right? Um, is that right. is that a good source still for this thing? I, I figure you would know better than I would.
0: Yes, in general, that stuff's. Uh, I mean, because it's not exactly precise, one hundred percent, but it's relatively accurate. Um, uh, that that stuff, it's you know, ownership uh, ownership numbers from these sources aren't always the best, but player numbers, active player numbers, that stuff's pretty accurate from Steam charts. So. I, I do think this is probably close. And you don't see this game in the top, like, 100 most played on uh, Steam very often. So I
1: feel like it was a week or a couple weeks ago where I just said, the it's like, what's going on with Artifact? Right. Why don't you, you ever didn't. hear anything about that game?
0: Well, not, I, 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 this is why I include this. It sounds like this is why. It sounds like people just aren't playing it. it this game's got to go free to play, right?
1: It has. That seems to definitely be one of the big problems. And it, it seems kind of confusing uh, at the time why is this not a free-to-play game and you know they, they had their explanation Gabe Newell had you know the explanation that they thought that it would you know kind of devalue things or, or, or something they wanted people to have like an, an investment when they got in but it never made much sense with you know the, the monetization inside the game was still very similar to a lot of the way these free the, the free-to-play versions of these games will work Uh, It was only recently that they even added a way to earn packs of cards inside the actual game, everything up before you had to buy everything. But it just seems like such a big barrier to entry. Like, why are people, you know, so many people are just not going to try this if they have to pay money for it when they're just very used at this point to not having to do that to play these kind of games.
0: Right. And it's coming out in a time when a lot of competition, you know, Hearthstone is is well established. Uh, Magic the Gathering Arena is picking up a lot of steam. Uh, yeah. So it just seems like to compete, you have to make those changes and you have to just figure it out. And it's not like, it's not like this game doesn't have the other side of the monetization, figure it out with like, you know, selling cards. So no. they just, it just needs players. And like, it, that's what it needs.
1: And it might be a gameplay problem too. I mean, I'm not playing a, a whole lot to know myself, but you know, some people, there's like this mix of the game being very complicated but they're also still being enough RNG that it feels like it's not as skill based as it should be. So what do you, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, I mean, it's certainly way too early to like write it off completely, I guess. But Valve needs to do something. It's interesting to see if it can recover. Like,
0: uh, right. it doesn't
1: seem we're used to seeing Valve have to be in this position with a game. I mean, we're not used to seeing Valve release a game in the modern era, really. So it's it's all kind of confusing. But here we are.
0: Right, and, and you could see why. I, at this point I can understand why they maybe focused on the store for so long. Cause at a certain point they stop like they stop understanding or, you know, almost no one understands like what game's going to be hit and what's not, uh, you try to do stuff and maybe it won't hit. And the thing, you know, that's a lot of wasted effort, but if you make improvements to the store in general, that's going to make more money. It's going to enable more developers to make more money and it's appreciated like industry wide. So there's, you know, there's reasons to work on the store instead of the, uh, instead of games. But at this point, like, Valve has a lot of incentive to get back to working on games, right? Like, it's losing the Division 2. It's losing, uh, you know, all kinds of... A
1: lot of people are going to different stores and are making their own store. and
0: Right, and, and like, uh, I think it was uh, Sergey Galyonkin, who was the guy who, who runs Steam Spy, one of these uh, services that track Steam. And then he works for Epic Games, like, basically in charge of their store now. And he was saying, like... Steam isn't quite as ubiquitous as, as we consider it. And that doesn't mean it's not huge. It's huge. Absolutely. It is. But for like a young generation, like young kids grow up mostly playing consoles. That's, that's generally true. And, and now when they're getting PCs and when they're getting computers, uh, they aren't just naturally installing steam. Most of them are just installing the Epic game store to play one game Fortnite. So there is like a chance for a generational shift where, as these younger kids do, kind of begin looking for you know other games, they get jobs and they have more money to spend, and they want to spend it on other stuff. And their friends start playing other stuff. Well, if it's on the Epic Game Store, they already have it, and they're going to keep going there. So, you know, Valve needs that needs those games to keep coming to Steam. And and you know, PUBG is something like maybe PUBG won't come to the Epic Game Store just because of their history with Epic. But at the same time, if if PUBG does go to the Epic Game Store, they will make more money. Per sale, because it's not just the split, but it's a it's an Unreal Engine game. So like that five percent that has to, that the PUBG has to sp- uh, pay to uh, Epic every time it makes a sale, you know, it could just pocket that instead. So it's like like those kinds of games that were like, were OK, they could come out of nowhere and be huge hits. Um, And that can only really happen on Steam. That could change super fast. And, and you know, and Valve needs to have its own games to counter that because they can't right, really say the strategy have to, make to do that. Now right and it's not going to be
1: artifact like they might need to like it might have to be the sony thing where sony isn't making these big game of service games that can make money forever but they're big event games when they come out and it Draws attention, and a lot of people will install Steam slash buy PlayStation Four to get them. You know
0: exactly, and then and then Sony is still making a lot of money from every Fortnite sale. Every time someone buys a microtransaction of Fortnite on PlayStation Four, like all three console manufacturers are making a lot of money from Fortnite. Like I think uh, Microsoft and Nintendo and their financials have like alluded to that very directly and said. Yeah, we're making a ton from digital sales, and it seems like a lot of it is just that game. So it's like when those games do happen, if they if they're able to come to your system, like you'll still benefit. But you need the temples. You need the temples. So, yeah. Um, I think we get to the next story. This one, uh, I you know, speaking of Fortnite, um, Netflix was doing an earnings call, and uh, they were telling investors that like our competition is not really HBO or Hulu. It's uh, it's much more Fortnite. Uh, they lose a lot of, of people to playing Fortnite uh, than going to like pay for HBO Go, and you know, and you know that's pretty, you know, it's kind of weird, but also I think it makes a lot of sense at the same time because uh, I don't know, but for for as long as I can remember, Netflix I've always associated Netflix with video game consoles. Like I think it really the the streaming service really took off because everyone had a Wii and they put that disc into the system and they watched Netflix on their Wii and then you know, and then eventually there was the apps and they just can kinda of came with the systems. But it just seems like it's in it's into entw- entwined with video gaming in a way to where like when they do release a Castlevania show, there's gonna be an audience there because it's there's a lot of gamers th- who have Netflix. It just sort of naturally happened that way. Um but that means when there's a, a game that is like this cultural phenomenon like like Fortnite, it could peel those eyeballs away for, from Netflix instead, which you know they're on the same thing. You power it on uh, and they're right next to each other and people are picking Fortnite right now because that's what their friends are doing. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just thought this was interesting. I don't even know if it's like really like, cause for Netflix, it's like, okay, yeah. But as long as people are still paying that $10 a month. And I think, you know, Fortnite won't necessarily last forever. People will come back. Um, so I don't know if it's really like an actual issue or if it's just a way of them to say like, oh, we're, we're on that cultural level with Fortnite. That's where we're at. Hulu and HBO Go are like down there, please. Don't even bother us. <laughs> um, next story: Nintendo's president says that Super Smash Brothers Ultimate has generated five million uh, in sales globally in one week. Um, so that's a big number for that game. That's that's pretty good. Um, I think that already makes it like one of the best-selling games on the Switch. Um, I, 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 feel I wish like Anthony that-
1: still worked here, just like so it. Could- make fun nice. of him because he yeah. was like the one poo-pooing Smash Brothers uh sales power at one point on the show forever ago.
0: <laughs> right. And we're gonna get um like it's January, so we're gonna get December numbers uh here uh from NPD uh in like a couple days. Um and once we have that, like that's early next week. So once we have that, I I mean I think there's almost no doubt the Smash is going to be number one, even with Red Dead just coming out and even with uh, Call of Duty coming out. It just feels like Smash was such a huge hit. Maybe I guess maybe not, but you know it was the first month for Smash, and it was huge. And then I think we're going to see like the the Switch system itself just sold massive. It was it was probably gonna it's probably easily going to be its biggest month ever. You think it's going to
1: uh, reach that that lofty uh, what that there was that goal they had that yes
0: twenty stop. million in a year. You think it's happening? Uh, I think so. I, I I don't I don't know if that was calendar year, or if it was going to be fiscal year, and I'm not sure how much they offset. But I I bet this puts them back on track. I really do. I I think the game was that big, and it's not like Pokemon hadn't just come out as well. So so yeah, I think and and, P, and, the, and the word of mouth on Pokemon was really good, and I bet that can like people who are like fans of Smash and Pokemon, which I bet there are a lot of people who are yeah, fans of both because they because they yeah because they came to prominence at the same time. They did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So like. People that were like, "Oh man, I, you know, I like Smash. Uh, I'll pick that up. Maybe you know, so I'll see." Oh wait, the Pokemon game is good too. Okay, well then I got all right. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. I bet that pushed a lot of people over the edge for sure. So yeah, I I I, I don't know. What, what what do you think? Do you think that this is going to make a, di- a difference for them in terms of in terms of reaching that twenty million goal?
1: Yes, I do. I mean, I don't know the specifics about like where they were, how much further they had to go to reach that, but it certainly seems. Like, they should be good. But I, just, I kind of expected, and maybe I was alone, you know, now I'm just talking about a Smart Name, but I kind of expected Smash Brothers to become the best-selling Switch game sometime after its release, uh, at least until, like, the real Pokemon, quote-unquote, real Pokemon games come out next year.
0: Right. Yeah. That that sounds about right. And, and you know, I, I'm pulling these numbers off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure, like, Zelda is, like, probably at, like, 8 million-ish probably maybe maybe right. just the and season. then Six marios
1: and like mario and mario Kart, are like above that in right terms Of the best selling games
0: yes i believe so yeah zelda came out in march so i yeah, i think i think mario and mario kart uh mario kart came out not too long after so that's so probably like April, actually pretty end. pretty well above that yeah um but yeah then super super mario was going to catch up to it and then pass it and i'm not sure i'm sure it probably already it did, did. It did. okay it did yeah Um, so yeah, so like it, it seems like, yeah, just the way that ultimate is selling, it feels like it's going to catch those games in no time. So, yeah. Um, I, I do wonder now it's like, okay, so a a lot of people were like poo-pooing, uh, Nintendo's 2018 saying they weren't going to have anything. And it's like, those are just people that don't understand smash brothers and Pokemon. Um, Smash
1: brothers can deceptively seem like it doesn't have a big audience. I think because people equate it with maybe like these kind of like, esports tournaments that don't necessarily they don't look like a like a call of duty or even like a League right. of Legends tournament, right? Like they all they are so homespun.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. But there are Very like
1: a hundred of those going on everywhere is kind of what I think you'll understand sometimes.
0: Yep. And and like, yeah. And then there's people just kind of putting together even smaller ones, like just ramshackle ones in their in their college dorms still to this day. So yeah. Um a big a big franchise, a big series. Uh but, you know, that begs the question of like, okay, well, now we got, now we do have 2019 and what's going to happen. And I, I think that Fire Emblem game uh, has the power to do kind of what Fire Emblem Awakening did on the 3DS, but for the Switch and at, and at a Switch scale. Um,
1: that could be impressive. It could be the, the best-selling Fire Emblem game. Like, it seems like it should be the best-selling Fire Emblem game.
0: Right. Game ever, it seems right? like everything, everything's lining up for that to happen. And it feels like it could really, like, permanently put that franchise right there with... With these other ones that we're mentioning, Zelda and Pokemon and Mario uh, and Fire Emblem, like right, like right behind those, could be Fire Emblem. Um, but you know that, that, that game has to come out. We have to see if it's good, and we have to see how it, you know, how it does. Uh, and then you know the question marks are like Metroid Prime Four, right? And uh, Animal right. Crossing. Animal Crossing is supposed to come out this year.
1: Animal Crossing will come out. I mean, they said. They actually have said 2019 for they that have game said. before. They
0: did not say that for, for, for Metroid. For Metroid. Like, Metroid
1: is the bigger question mark, even though it was announced so much late, um, you know, earlier.
0: Right. And yeah, we just, we haven't seen anything of it. So it, it does feel like a Nintendo direct it, direct is imminent. It feels like it could happen at any minute. Um, but they haven't announced one. Uh, they've made a few announcements. Like, they announced the date for, like, Yoshi's Woolly World, right? That was just yeah, a little bit ago. Yoshi's
1: Crafted World. Woolly World was yeah, was the other just, one.
0: Right, Yoshi's Crafted World. And there was a, f- a few other things. Like, um, some stuff got added to the uh, Nintendo Switch Online NES thing that same day. And it felt like, man, it seems like they were going to do a, a direct that day. But they didn't. So, like, maybe they're, like, still holding stuff back because they have bigger stuff yet to come uh, that they're going to announce very soon. So... Yeah, I, I'd be very interested to see just like what their game plan is for the rest of this year. Um, after, after you know, with hindsight, seeing like okay, 2017 and 2018 were both really big years for Nintendo, and now like like now they once again they have to live up to that. I mean,
1: the other thing is the yeah the actual Pokemon game again, which supposedly is coming. It's something we seems like we should be hearing a little bit about right now
0: right yeah for sure i mean i guess it does feel like i mean this is the way it's always worked but it feels like that one just came out so uh really would they want to talk about it so soon but you know this is how they always do it the one comes out every year pretty much so um so yeah i i the, i'm very very interested to see what they do and I'm, I'm looking forward to it and i i i do hope metroid prime 4 finds a way to get out this year i think that yeah, would really so just solidify nice. everything i mean
1: just yeah personally i'd be very
0: excited about that I love those games so um. Okay. I think. I mean, that might take us to our last story. I think we just have a, a pretty st- short podcast this week, but I'm fine with that. I got That's shit to do, good. Mike. Me
1: too. Things to play. Yeah. Take a guess, yeah. By it, Well,
0: yeah. We I got we got games to get back to. I got a family to raise, Mike. I Damn don't it. have
1: that. Thank God.
0: <laughs> don't don't do it. Save yourself. <laughs> full cross uh, Full cross platform play is coming to uh, Rocket League. Actually, it's live. It went live like right away. This is one of those things where they announced it and it was it was live that same day. Um, and yeah, so this was the second game on PlayStation four to become part of the PlayStation four cross play beta. Um, and basically what that means is now Sony just does what everyone else does and lets everyone play together no matter where they're at. Um, so, you know, this, what this really means is at least Sony is moving forward with that. Like it didn't just halt with Fortnite. This wasn't just a way to get Fortnite players to shut up, um, um, but it, uh, at the same time, I would like to see them kind of get past this beta stage and just open it up to everybody. Because why not? Like, I, I mean, I don't get it. Uh, but I mean, at least Rocket League's in there. Rocket League's a perfect game for this because it's a game that's all my multiplayer only, and you want that those big pools of players to pull from because you want to have good matchmaking. So I'm I'm glad this is in there. Uh, I just like I said, I just hope it kind of continues to grow from here, and other developers don't have to like wait until they're as big as Rocket League um, or especially Fortnite to make their deal with Sony happen um yeah like i said mike i think that wraps it up anything else anything else yeah. happened this week i feel like we always feel like we forget something but i can't uh, yeah. remember bioware
1: so. i mean the, yeah, the star wars thing i mean was kind of the big thing
0: right it definitely was yeah i uh yeah i i always want to go back and play uh kotor 2 i should just like do
1: yeah I, I like barely started at one point when i was messing around with my steam link actually but didn't get anywhere with it
0: right yeah, I definitely want to, yeah, just mod it up and kind of put all that stuff in there that got cut and fixes all the bugs. And yeah, I would really like to do that. But we'll see. Instead of just complaining that there's no KOTOR 3, I should just play KOTOR 2 is probably what I should do. my That's what I should do, my, would, yeah, I should do with my life. So God. I know exactly. Yeah, like I have the game. It's I own it. I could just play it. I've never played it before. What's wrong with me? Uh, still, they should make the game. All right, Mike, uh, let's go ahead. Let's get out of here. Tell everybody where they can find you on the internet, and then we'll just we'll end this podcast and go back to our lives.
1: Sounds good. You can find me on Twitter as Tokoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. I'm also uh, always writing on GamesBeat.com, and I also do the Exploding Braille podcast every week with my brother. That's at ebpodcast.com.
0: And I am uh, Jeff Grubb on Twitter, and if you want to follow along with that eco game, I mentioned earlier, uh, we're using the hashtag hashtag, uh, T B E G, which is the big echo game, uh, eco game, however you say that. Um, and then I will also be playing some of that on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb. Um, also next week I'll be playing, uh, the final version of Resident Evil two when the, I think the embargo lifts on the 24th now, uh, for streaming. So I'll stream some of that next week. um, there was, there was another game coming out. Uh, I can't remember what it is now. But, yeah, keep an eye on, t- on twitch.tv slash Grub. I'll be playing there. And then uh, uploading some of those videos to youtube.com slash Grub, which I don't know if I mentioned this. They, they turned my monetization back on, so I'm starting to make money. Oh, crazy. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. All right, Mike. Let's get out of here. Bye, everybody. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a good one.
1: Bye.